This is the PowerShell Podcast, the podcast for PowerShell and the PowerShell community. You might just learn something. I think you'll enjoy it. The PowerShell Podcast is a PDQ production, making device management simple, secure, and pretty damn quick. And now, here's your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plaw. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the PowerShell Podcast. I'm Jordan with the mega superstar, Andrew Plaw. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, I probably should start putting more thought into into our intros. I don't think I've changed that up. It's hit or miss. It's I mean, hit. I've definitely been on the receiving end of the criticism for a handful of them. I remember that time period very well. <laughs> so you do mix it up a little bit, but you know, keep it in the moment. Keep it real. You'll be happy to know that therapy's been successful and I'm back to being positive. Nice. Let's get it. All right. You. So what's going on? This is the the most important news that we've had so far uh, a while ago we interviewed steve judd who talked about how during summit he made justin grody repeat a dad joke to answer the question and yep. uh now we have we have the video posted in link below where you can you can go watch that happen live and you can just see justin die a little bit on the inside yeah, this is one I told Jordan he had to tell you because I just cringed too hard thinking about it. I watched it. I cringed. Um, it's definitely Judd. And if you want to check him out, we interviewed him a couple times and he's spoken at a bunch of conferences. But uh, check out our episodes. We'll link maybe the episode with Judd below as well. Which one? He's he's the first three-time guest. I he's, forget. The, the, I don't know. He's, he's a good guy. We're, we're, off, we're off book. I'm lost. We're off book. It's all right. But you know what? I'm going to bring us back on book and talk about this super cool new module by our friend. We've called him out recently, MDGRS03. And there's a new dynamic title PowerShell module that allows you to make the title in terminal dynamic. And so there's like a little cat or a, a little train that goes across the title. Super cool, super fun. He's been playing in that space a bit lately, so definitely check him out and what he's got going on. All right. With that, we got we got a super special guest this time. The specialist. The, the spe- specialist. All right. So today we have uh, Sydney Smith, who is, I always get the, the title wrong. It is prod, product or project manager of PowerShell. So I always just say PM because I get it confused myself, but I think we used to be program managers and then I don't even know when, maybe a year ago or so, they had a, a big announcement, big change, and suddenly we were product managers. So you've been there for a few I remember the first summit where they introduced you as the new PM at PowerShell, and now here you are running keynotes at all the major conferences across the board. Yeah, so I think my first round of conferences was back in 2019. So I was really lucky. I got a, like a taste of everything, got to meet everyone right before we kind of locked down for the pandemic and didn't get to see everyone for a few years. So it's been really great to be back the past couple of years and reconnect with everyone in person. I remember seeing you initially on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. Like you, I think you followed a bunch of people in the community. And it's like, okay, Sydney Smith, PowerShell team, cool. And then it's been super cool to see you then, and now see you now, and all the growth and how how much you're crushing it. Um, it's kind of I don't have many people who I've been able to see since they started in the PowerShell world. Um, so it's been really cool to watch you. Thanks. Yeah, it's been a really great community to join. I mean, I think I've been really, really lucky. For those of you who don't know um i joined um the powershell team as part of like microsoft's university hiring so i came to the powershell team right out of college um and i feel so lucky the way that microsoft university 
hiring kind of works is like they pluck you and then you don't really get any say as to like what team you end up on. Um, and so I got placed on the PowerShell team and I like, I don't think I could have gotten any more lucky in terms of getting placed in such like a welcoming community and such a great place to kind of like learn. That is a heck of a first job out of college. <laughs> it's definitely a steep learning curve. Um, I will say that, but uh, I feel very lucky. Um, yeah. So what is, I, you know, I'm thinking of a big organization like Microsoft. Mm -hmm. How, you know, what's it like for the onboarding process? Did you feel like it was pretty advanced practices or was it very like just thrown into the fire? Good luck. Um, oh gosh. So like, I guess in terms of like onboarding, like your first day, you just kind of like show up. Um, I think it's very different for everyone, but like, you don't know, you know, you've been hired by Microsoft and I did do an internship, but it was with a different team. Um, and you like, when I showed up, I didn't know like what team I was going to be joining, like what my, who my manager was going to be. I just got like, go to building blank. Right. And if anyone's ever been to Microsoft campus, like it's a big campus. Right. Um, and I showed up and my entire team was at ignite. Um, and so there was no, there was nobody around <laughs> um, and I had no idea what to do. And so luckily my skip manager was there and he was like, why don't you just check out GitHub? Like my PowerShell is an open source project. Like why don't you just spend some time reading GitHub issues? And so I think I literally spent like my first month probably on the team, just reading GitHub issues. And I'll say like open source was like such a great way to get to know um, PowerShell and the product. And I also spent a lot of time just like, why don't you solve a problem using PowerShell? And I think like the hands-on experience was a really great way to get to know the product and also like to like get to know how real users like onboard and stuff. And I think whenever we have an intern, we're always like, this is so great. Like we get to like know what a first time user's like experience is really like, and we get really excited about that. Um, but I, yeah, I got to definitely experience that firsthand and just like dive right in. But like reading GitHub issues was like probably one of the biggest ways I just onboarded to the team. Nice. So yeah, there's yeah. no formal, no formal onboarding experience whatsoever at all. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, seems like it's worked out pretty well for you so far though. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So you just did some traveling recently. You mm -hmm. went over the sea to go to PSCon for you. How was that? It was so much fun. Um, so uh, yeah, I've gotten, uh, I got to go to a few conferences in person recently, got to go to um, PowerShell Summit North America, but also got to go to PowerShell Conference Europe, which was in Prague um, in June. And PowerShell Conference Europe is a really great conference. It happens every June in Europe. Um, and this year it was in Prague. I think there were close to 300 attendees um, who are mostly like PowerShell enthusiasts. Um, it tends to be a pretty technical conference. There are beginners as well, but it was just like such an energizing experience. Like it's just so much fun to be like surrounded by folks who are excited about PowerShell and like just want to talk about it all day long. I think I arrived in Prague at like 5 p.m. on Sunday night and then like did not stop talking to people until the conference ended on Thursday and we flew home. But, um, so it was like definitely an intense experience, but I got so much out of it. Um, and just left feeling really energized. That's my favorite thing about conferences. And it's why yeah. I need to go to like a couple a year. It just hits different in person. You're like, wow, this is really so affecting different. people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's like, we, um, we don't have a lot of telemetry. We have some telemetry. Um, we see sort of like those session numbers roll in and, um, if for those of you who might not know, um, 
Arsenal's been having great session numbers lately. Um, I think the last couple of months, we've been like 1.3 billion sessions on um, PowerShell 7, which is awesome, amazing. Um, but like talking to actual people who actually use PowerShell, totally different experience than just seeing like the telemetry numbers roll. And you like, you get a sense of the impact. You're like, yeah, like I'm doing things that people are using or like maybe on GitHub, you get maybe slightly better sense, of, like talking to real users, working through debugging problems with them. You get like a better sense of like, hey, the things that I'm working on, the things that I'm building, they matter. People are using them. But talking face to face with somebody, pulling up their laptop, debugging something with them, hearing about the way they're using something, that just like is so much more impactful, I think. It is. I don't know. It's, it's amazing to us. So from my experience, since I've been going to the PowerShell Summit in mm -hmm. the U.S. for, yeah, I, I want to say five years. I don't know. It's been a long time, but the first one, I was complete background. I don't think I talked to anyone the whole time I was there. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I got to the point where I started writing recaps. And now to this last one where I was writing recaps and filming episodes for the podcast. And I mm -hmm. made an effort to actually join some of the social events. And while that is extremely exhausting, it took weeks mm -hmm. to recover from that. The experience, if the more you jump in, the, the better it is, the more you get to joining people. Mm -hmm. So it's way outside my comfort zone and I, I'm glad I do it only once a year, but totally every, every time that is an amazing week. The, so the, I don't know. I just, the more you can join in, the better. And you know what? We got to bring this to something that, that everyone loves, which is food. How was the food in Prague? Did you have any notable meals, any big, uh, delicious things you ate? Oh gosh, that is a good question. I will say the food was good. I don't know if this is controversial to say, but I will just say it anyways. It. The highlight for me was we like we so the social event, right? Everyone loves a good social event. Um, it was hot in Prague. I was walking up to the social event. I was parched. When we walked in, we got handed a glass of like welcome champagne or like prosecco or something. That was it. That was the highlight for me. Um, not exactly food, but. No, yeah, that, that, that was, counts. It's got grapes yeah. in it. <laughs> that was that was that was the peak for me, I think, um, in terms of like food beverage experience. But yeah, no, the food was great. Um, one day we had these baguettes that were really good. Um, that was another a great one. Um, but yeah, overall, food food was good. Nice. And was this your first time at PSCon for you, or did you go in previous years? So this was my third one in person plus one virtual. So nice. the big thing at PSCon VU, um, I will say, is the mugs. Like the mugs are a major collector's item at PSCon VU. That's like one of the big things there. And I will say I'm very blessed to have four PSCon VU mugs. Whoa. Nice. Yeah. You haven't broken kind one of, yet. Kind of not to flex, kind of no. a big deal. All right. But, All right. Um, yeah. So I went, I went to Hanover in 2019. Um, and then I went to, it was in Vienna last year, which was really great. Yeah. Nice. So I heard Vienna was shockingly hot, like temperature wise, but Vienna was, <laughs> yeah, I found Prague to be very hot. I don't oh. know. <laughs> Maybe Europe's just hot for me. I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, I live in a, a literal desert. So oh yeah. <laughs> as long as it's a dry heat, I can survive. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. I think Prague was kind of like more humid. I'm not sure. L listen, it was great. Um, 
but I had a great time. Um, there was plenty of air conditioning, which you, you never know what to expect in Europe. Um, so not, no complaints from me, but I think they were, they were both warm. Pivoting back to the PowerShell world and open source. <laughs> you mentioned when you started, you like read a bunch of open source stuff. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed a change or improvement in tone in general open source over the years? Mm -hmm. I'm just curious because you're mm -hmm. definitely be reading a mm -hmm. lot of these. And I just, I'm kind of always looking for that vibe. Are things getting better? What's up? Mm -hmm. Are we learning? Mm, that's a really, really good question. That's a really good question. I think so. I think it's like, it's a hard question to answer because I think like for me, um, I notice like it's something I'm very sensitive to. And like, it's something I've realized that I'm very sensitive to. And I'm, I think it's something I've gotten honestly more sensitive to over time. And so I think it's a hard question for me to answer. I think so. I think we have gotten, if I had to like put my finger on it, I'd say, yes, we've gotten better over time. I think it'd be interesting to like run some sort of model over it and like grade the, right. the sentiment or something <laughs> and like give us a definitive answer. I right. think if I had to put my finger on it for myself, I would say that I like my, I love, I love open source. I love the PowerShell open source. I love the community around PowerShell. I think it's so amazing. I think we get such great feedback from our users. I think that they're the lifeblood of PowerShell. And I think the open source communities are really hard to maintain. And I, sometimes I like, sometimes it's really hard to read feedback all day and like to read mostly negative feedback about things that I care a lot about. And I put a lot of effort into and the, developers on my team that I absolutely adore and think do amazing work and work really hard on things to read negative feedback. Um, and so I think over time, as I've like built more emotional attachment to the project and like spent more time on things, I think in some ways I've become more sensitive to negative feedback sometimes. Um, and so I think it's hard for me sometimes because I think maybe when I was younger, like earlier on the project, it was easier for me to brush things off and be like, Oh, like, that wasn't my decision. I wasn't part of that. And so when people maybe um, said unkind things, and I'm, I'm not, I, I know there's a difference between like giving negative feedback, right? And like breaking code of conduct. Like those mm -hmm. are two se completely separate things. And I, it's totally appropriate to report bugs, right? Totally. And there's, there's a way to do that that's helpful. And there's a way to do that that's less helpful. And I'm more talking about the less helpful way, the way that crosses the line. It's like, hey, the turn things may be personal. And the difference between like saying, Hey, I noticed this bug. Here's the repro steps, blah, blah, blah. And saying, and you're a bad engineer and you know, X, Y, Z. I don't think I need to repeat the kinds of things. Right. Um, so I, I think it's just hard for me to answer that because honestly, because I think, um, as I become closer with the people on the team, as it's my decisions that are being criticized, as it's mm -hmm. like my work that's being criticized, it's just, I feel more sensitive to it, but I do think we have gotten nicer over time. Very long answer. <laughs> I, I am curious if they come in with the, uh, I don't like this particular thing and I would rather it be X for whatever. And then they give the technical mm -hmm. reasons. That's more likely yeah. to be positive received than I, I guess I think you're done for doing this or. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, listen, like I would never want to discourage anyone from opening an issue. Like, please, please open issues. Like I will never be, not that anyone should care. Like, what I think necessarily, but like, I personally would never be mad at you for opening an issue. I will be so thankful for you for opening an issue, right? Like, 
we have a feature request, a bug report. Like the only way that we will ever be able to improve things is if you open issues, truly. Like that is the way we will make things better. And you will make things better for everyone involved when you do that, right? Like you are doing a service to the community, like truly. But like when you do things and like you provide, you just like simply provide like the repro steps and or like you provide a technical reason or even a non-technical reason why you want a feature just because you like it or like a scenario or whatever. But when you cross, I think when it crosses the line is like, I think you're bad at your job because you didn't do this. Or I think like when it becomes personal, I think um, is when it starts to like not feel so good to receive on the other end. And then it's less likely to turn into like a positive interaction that ends up getting your thing done. I think the realities of being a PM are that you have to make decisions that not everyone's going to like. You're going to have to make decisions based on not an infinite amount of resources, a finite amount of resources. Mm -hmm. And it's, to me, I just don't like it when people assume bad intent. It's like, from what I can see, most PMs are trying their hardest, including you, and like are trying to make the right choice. And adding personal attacks just kind of adds to the emotional load of the job. And it isn't helpful. It reduces, it causes a little bit less productivity, probably, right? We all have to spend some mm -hmm. mental energy. And uh, I, don't, I mean, aren't you trying your hardest? You're trying to make the right choices. The team's For working sure. hard. It's, you know, yeah, I, I don't yeah, like to absolutely. see that kind of criticism. And I guess like the thing I would say too is it's like, I will like happily acknowledge that like I don't always make the right decision. And like part of my job and like part of any PM's job, right, is like owning the stress of being a decision maker that doesn't always make the right decision. Right. And that, that's just part of the job. Totally own that as being part of the job. And I like want to work with you on like correcting it. Right. Like that's why we have version updates. Like yeah. nobody's ever shipped perfect software. Right. Like we ship software, it has issues, and then we ship the next version. And like, like that's just part of like the process, especially like yeah. previews or an open source and that sort of thing. And we're all in this together. Yeah. So I, I guess that's kind of just the way I look at it. And to your credit and the team's credit, you're very active in the community. You're open. You can open up issues. There are, there is a reality in some communities where the people who are responsible for making the decisions are not reachable. They are not reading feedback. They are not engaged. So um, uh, really kudos to the way you all approach things. We appreciate Thanks. it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I totally. don't know if this is uh, something that Snover coined originally, but he said a lot mm -hmm. to ship is to choose. A lot of times yeah, you absolutely. have to, you have to make a choice that's not mm -hmm. always pleasant to, to get a product out. Drop in Snover yeah, quotes. Mean I think that's a snowboard quote. At least I quote him saying that all the time. But yeah, I think that's I, like I a really he, important one. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. he said it a lot. I just don't know if that was originally his. Originally I mean, his. Yeah. yeah, I don't either. So I, this feels like a good place where we're talking about this kind of feedback to mention community call. When is the monthly community call for people that want to keep plugged in? And what is the community yeah. call? Absolutely. So the community call is the third Thursday of every month. And it's at 9.30 a.m. Pacific time. Um, if you'd like to join it, it's at aka.ms slash join PS call or in our RFC repo, there's more information on that. So that's github.com slash PowerShell slash PowerShell dash RFC, I believe. But what is the community call? So the community call is a call that we put together once a month and the entire PowerShell engineering team joins. So that's the PowerShell developers and the PMs, as well as a number of community members. And so we spend a portion of the call going over updates from the PowerShell engineering team. We try and incorporate demos from the PowerShell community. Sometimes we have other like partner teams come on and give demos as well. We try and incorporate community updates um, that might be happening. And then we leave time for open Q&A um, from the community. 
and anyone can answer community members, but primarily it's the PowerShell team. But I think this is a really great opportunity because the entire PowerShell engineering team joins this call every month. And so it's a really good opportunity if you have any questions to kind of in interface with them. And we really do like give the very latest updates on like what's going on with the team. We have team meeting the day before and we literally sit down and go through a list of everyone giving updates on the projects they're working on. And then we, the next day we go through them. So um, if you're curious on what's going on with the team or want to interface with the team, I would say that's like the easiest way to do it. If that time doesn't work for you, we do record the calls and take notes. Um, and those go up on YouTube. We say two weeks out, uh, but usually it's a little bit quicker than that. Talk about transparency and approachability. Oh my gosh, Jordan, you just <laughs> worked that in perfectly, man. I'm, I'm, that's, that's why I'm a professional. I've actually was, was going to ask about the recording because it's Thursday at, at 9.30. That is exactly when I do the live webcast. So I, I've oh, never, been, never been able to attend. But no. Once I'm fired, oh, I'll be there. Yeah. We have like, talked about changing because we're like this doesn't work for everyone but then whenever we propose like doing it like rotating and people are like no like there there is like, no consistency of it you know it's just yeah. on people's calendars i think so. it's just the alliteration third thursday you just gotta kind of mm -hmm. gotta keep it gotta stick with it yeah, yeah i don't think a time exists where everyone would be happy so you just gotta totally. yeah. you gotta pick yeah. yeah as they say it's five o'clock somewhere totally. that, that's the time okay I kind of want to talk about PS resource get, but before sure. that, for the people who aren't aware, can you kind of just, what is PowerShell get? What happens when mm -hmm. you run install module? Can you just kind of give us a brief overview of what that is? Yeah, absolutely. So PowerShell get is a module that ships in PowerShell and it's kind of your package manager for PowerShell resources. So it's the module that allows you to find, install, update, publish, save PowerShell resources like modules, scripts, DSE resources, that sort of thing. So if you've ever run like install module, find module, that sort of thing, it's coming from a module called PowerShell get. And most commonly it interfaces with the PowerShell gallery, which is an online public repository. It's a website, powershellgallery.com. And it's a public repository. Anyone with a Microsoft account can publish to it. And it's a really heavily used community repository. It's also used by the PowerShell team itself by other Microsoft teams like Azure PowerShell. And it's also used by other companies like AWS. But really first and foremost, it's a community repository. Um, it's pretty high use repository, um, has about 300 million monthly downloads, and it has about 200,000 total packages on it. Uh, PowerShell Get can also be used with private repositories. In V2, the most common of these would have been like a file share, but you can also use it with any V2 NuGet feed. Um, so that's kind of the gist of like what PowerShell get has meant like up to this point. Cool. But now there's been some changes. Yeah. So what's going on? What should we be aware of? What's going to affect sure. us with the new version? Yeah, absolutely. So about, I think at this point, it's been almost four years. We announced a new project called PowerShell get B3. So at this point we were going to do a major rewrite of PowerShell get. And this was because there were some major limitations to PowerShell get v2. Um, there were some bugs that we had just had some major trouble fixing because of the dependency structure of PowerShell get v2 um, and some things about the way that PowerShell get v2 had been written. So we decided to do this major complete rewrite of PowerShell get v3 with some big goals. 
um, to rewrite it in C Sharp, to take away some of the dependencies, to really focus on enabling a better private gallery experience, um, and to fix performance in a bunch of these like big bugs that we had had in PowerShell Get V2. So we set off on this big rewrite, this big project. We had goals of finishing it many years ago, but alas, here we are. Um, and so one of the big things to note about this project was when we were doing it, we changed the command line names. So in the past, we had like install module, install script, install DSC resource. But when we were rewriting it, we renamed the command line to be install PS resource. And we did this for two major reasons. The first being that we were simplifying the command line interface so that there was just one commandlet that could do all of these things. Um, and then the second reason is because we were actually have aspirations for this module to do more than just um, these types. So it could also install arbitrary nutkegs. Um, and so because of this, it installs PS resources. It doesn't just install modules. Um, and so we made this commandlet interface change, renamed all the commandlets, and sort of we've been working on this project now for a few years. Um, and so some really big changes have happened to this project that you should probably be aware of in the last few months. Um, the first big one is that we actually renamed the module. And this is a little bit convoluted, but I'll try to explain it pretty as clearly as possible and as concisely as possible because I know we don't have all day. But um, so we renamed the module to be um, PS resource get. And on the gallery, it's officially Microsoft.PowerShell dot ps resource get we use that prefixing for all modules that the powershell team ships so that folks can kind of be aware that it's coming from the powershell team but it's microsoft powershell ps resource get we're kind of just calling it ps resource get and so we made this name change um, for a couple of reasons um, we mostly made came to this name change when we went to ship this module in powershell so this module is officially shipping in PowerShell 7.4. As of the last release of PowerShell 7.4, the last preview release, it is in PowerShell 7.4. So that's a really, really big deal. Um, the module is officially in PowerShell 7.4. Yay, it's been such a long journey. We're so happy about it. Um, but this allows it to ship side by side with previous versions of PowerShell Get. So now you can have both commandlets side by side. You can continue using the previous commandlets install module, or you can opt into using the new commandlets. So that's like one important thing to note. It's in PowerShell 7.4, but it's under this new module name. Now you might be like wondering, okay, like what is the transition path though? So that's like, this is the second kind of like big important thing to note. When we were originally doing this, we did think about like the transition path and like how folks would be moving from the old commandlet interface to the new commandlet interface. And we introduced a compatibility layer. So this compatibility layer allows you to use the old commandlet interface, like install module, with like the new commandlet, like engine, let's say. So you can like call install module, but under the hood, it's calling install PS resource. And so this allows you to like immediately get the benefits of PS resource get without needing to go ahead and like update all your scripts. So like say you have like CI running, that sort of thing or like really any scripts in automation or just like any scripts in general. You're not gonna like wanna go update all your scripts, but you wanna update say to like PowerShell 7.4 or 7.5, you can just update your PowerShell version and it like will continue to work. So what we're doing is PowerShell get version three. So when we increment from the current version, which is PowerShell get 225 
to version three, that will be the compatibility layer. Um, so PowerShell get version three will be this compatibility layer. So it'll be the same command line interface as version two, the current version, but it will actually take a dependency on PS resource get and be calling the new command line interface under the hood. We'll continue to do feature development through PS resource get. Um, and that's kind of where we'll continue to invest. Um, okay, one, so five, hold on. Yeah. Can I just yeah. clarify? So yeah, absolutely. It's PowerShell get has a dependency of the new module and it's going to be getting a new version. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, when PowerShell get gets a new version. Gotcha. Yeah, PowerShell okay, get will cool. be getting a new version and it will take a dependency on PS resource get. Cool. So like you're saying, you're basically writing wrapper functions for using the new mm -hmm. PS resource get commands. Yeah, gotcha. exactly. Okay, so this basically like bridges the gap. Yeah. Um, so that if you're just like updating to the new PowerShell get version, like things will continue to work, but we're no longer supporting the old versions of PowerShell get essentially. Right. Yeah. And is that what most people are going to want to do? There's not going to be a need to just get PS resource get itself. Or, or is that like the intended long-term path? It's kind of like, it's a really interesting question. So I think it's ends up being, it's sort of up to the user, right? So it's like, if it depends what your use case is, right? And I think this comes up with a lot of stuff. So like my analogy is with, honestly, with the ISC and with VS Code. Um, if you're a Windows shop, you love the ISC, it works great for you. I always said rock on and use the ISC. Like if it's working for you, have at it. The next transition step would be like, if you need to use like cross-platform, but you only really like the ISC, we have VS Code with ISC mode. And that's kind of like a transition layer, right? You can make that work. Cool. But like all the new feature development is actually just like happening in VS Code. And so when you're ready and like, we'll be there and we're waiting for you. And I would say that it's kind of like a similar analogy that what's happening with PowerShell Get right now. So we have like a lot of new features planned in PS resource get. And that's where like the development is happening. That's where we can enable new things. For example, like this nutkick scenario, these new private gallery scenarios, um, credential persistence scenarios, new integration points. And so you'll see those coming out in like three, one, like future roadmaps. Um, so if you PowerShell get two is working for you with just some bug fixes that you need to sort out, just upgrade to three, the bug fixes will be there keep using your scripts, rock on. If you're in a place where you're like, actually, I really want these new feature sets, required resource files, new things, right? You're gonna need to upgrade to the new commandlets, right? Because we couldn't backport the new feature sets into the old commandlets. That doesn't really make sense. They don't work the same, right? These are new features that are only available in the new commandlet. Okay, so it sounds like I got a bunch of scripts that are working. I'll kind of maybe leave those alone. But as I'm writing new scripts and going forward, I should probably just take advantage of the new stuff. And if there's features that I need to take advantage of, rewrite the scripts so that they utilize the new features. Yeah, kind of thing. That, that would kind of be my advice. Yeah. Cool. How's that journey been? It's been difficult. It's been long. Um. I mean, like, I, I think I've said this already, but like the utmost thanks to every single person who has tried out all of our betas. We've had 22 beta releases, 22 preview releases. Like the community has supported us along this whole journey. Um, it's been long and winding. 
And so I'm just really thankful that people have continued to support us and continue to try stuff out. We get new bug reports all the time. Um, and we're almost there. Yeah. We are in PowerShell 7.4. PowerShell 7.4 is GAing this fall, which means we're GAing this fall. And so it's happening. Like for the first time I can say with confidence, like we are GAing, which is really cool to say and really exciting. Yeah. That is awesome. Now, mm -hmm. do you get like, does the PowerShell team internally like celebrate it all? Is there like, I don't know, virtual pizza party for this or is it just next day? A really interesting question. So we have like a, I shift it channel in teams. That's not that exciting, right? I mean, it's like people, you know, give each other a little like heart or whatever. Yeah. Good job. Um, the last time we planned a party, I planned a big party for the PowerShell 7 release. The PowerShell 7 release was 7.0, right? Big release for our team. Really big release for our team. Um, I, we got like balloons, like the whole nine yards, right? I even went so far as to like get our, get funding for our team to get t-shirts, which is like low-key really hard to do. Um, we, I think we released, I'm going to get the date wrong, but we released March 5th of 2020. It was that first week of March, 2020. Um, which was like the third week our team was like in quarantine. We, we got sent home at like the end of February. Um, so I still have like all the supplies. I just got rid of the shirts this spring. The shirts have been sitting in my house for three years. Um, but I'm like, I'm trying to figure something out. I'm going to, I got to get, we got to do something for this release. Like definitely it's, it's a bigger release than just like, I shifted in teams. You know what I mean? Um, we don't have it. I don't know. I've heard so many stories of like back in the windows days of like people having huge parties and stuff, but it's just different because we ship every month, you know, like cloud speed or whatever people call it. It's different. Like in the services world, in the cloud world, we don't get to celebrate as much when we release. Um, I'd love yeah. to bring that culture back. Yeah. I think celebration is important, although I don't think we can eliminate it as a possibility that a group of introverts caused the 2020 thing just to get out of socializing at a party. <laughs> that's totally fair and i totally yeah totally understand that my idea of celebrating is not the same as everyone else's idea of celebrating yeah so you said a word a couple of times and i know what you meant but in my head i've always said this word differently and you said nup keg that's in oh, upkg yeah. right yeah yeah, yeah. Do, i mean do I, I don't talk to people about it so i just have called it new package oh, i mean really? i think i'm wrong here not you so did you know that, Jordan? I, I actually always used new package in my head as well. So yeah. we, we've both learned some that's things. Funny. At least on our team, that's what we say. But I also, I could totally be wrong. <laughs> I mean, I'll go with yours for now. <laughs> that's funny. It, it seems to me that you would, uh, you would know better than random people that have read the word on the internet. <laughs> what do you call a cube CTL? Cube control. Okay. That's what, do you, another. what do you say? I mean, I, know I, that just, one's controversial. I don't know. I say cube control, but I didn't want to be the guy to say the long one twice. I'm not always mm -hmm. a long name. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll switch it up. But yeah, that's another hotly debated one. I've mm -hmm. never heard of Nupkeg. I almost called it new package again. <laughs> but uh, on the topic of Nupkeg, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, what would be some instances when people would want to install a Nupkeg? Like, what's a use case for people who weren't aware? Yeah. So, um, an interesting use case, um, that I hear about is say like you're building a PowerShell module 
And you actually want to take a dependency, right, on like say something from the power from the NuGet gallery. So like I know one of the most commonly used packages is Newton's off JSON. Um, so that that's just like a common example. There's a lot of different packages you could use like used out there from like say the NuGet gallery. But um, just an interesting use case, right? Is like I'm building my my PowerShell module and I want to use a resource that's already available out there from um, NuGet gallery. Can I just like take a dependency from this package and then like can PowerShell get or PS resource get handle that all for me? Right. Um, and so that's one of the situations we're trying to solve. That sounds pretty empowering though, to be able to tap into the .NET kind of world. Like that's mm -hmm. a pretty big world there. Without you needing to like handle that today, like right. it is possible, right? Yeah. But it's like you need to like handle that all yourself. You need to make sure that the right SDKs are there and then it's installed properly and all that sort of thing. Yeah, this makes it a bit of a better user experience and maybe we'll mm -hmm. open the door to some some new folks. But that's very cool. I uh, I need to get my nupkeg on. <laughs> so you gave the state of the shell talk. Was it with Steven? Mm -hmm. Yeah, with Steven. Nice. He's a great guy. But uh, how did yeah, that talk awesome. go? How was it? What is the state of the shell? Just give us a kind of maybe some brief highlights or what's going on in the world. I know you said 1.4 billy downloads yeah. or, uh, run sessions. Um, state of the shell was super fun. It's always like a really fun uh, session. Um, I think for me, it's like I get so, I'm probably doing it right now, but I get so excited talking about this stuff. And then I just start like going way too fast, you know, like, Cause like my energy starts building, especially like when I'm talking and I'm like, just getting going, you know, yep. <laughs> so it's always like, slow it down, Sydney, slow it down. But, um, yeah, I think what we really focused on this year talking about in state of the shell, and we've done this in the past, but really just talking about like the evolution of PowerShell. And I think our message was really the world is a messy place. It's a messy place today, but really it's always been a messy place. And that's where PowerShell has come into play in the past kind of like start with the idea of like the world was messy back in the windows days and then PowerShell windows PowerShell came and it brought together these disparate APIs. And then the world got messier again, right. With like cross platform cloud era, all these things. And then Windows or PowerShell seven really brought this together. And now we're in this new paradigm of AI and intent based and all these things. And PowerShell once again is like working as a blue language. And we're not sure how that's all going to play out. We're still really in the, the mess of it all um but powershell is committed to making that mess work and making it work for you and being consistent right like powershell has these principles of security and consistency and those principles haven't changed right like lots has changed in the world i feel like the powershell team has changed a lot but like powershell itself has like remained consistent to these principles and has remained consistent in this mess and so i think that was kind of our core like message and then we like love to just demo a lot of stuff Right, so we just demoed a bunch of stuff that has shipped over the past couple of years, um, which was a lot of fun, and we showed some telemetry, and that was kind of state of the show. Nice. Mm -hmm. It's an exciting time to be a PowerSheller. I feel like it's always like that. There's always something exciting. Yeah. Ever since I've been oh, in PowerShell, totally. one thing or the other, going cross-platform. Yeah. Question about, are there any upcoming, I don't know, bug smash events? I know there's some... We just announced a super cool new module coming out in 7.4. We do a have a bug bash planned. It's pretty exciting. I 
there probably has been something like this done before. There hasn't been since I've been on the team. Um, we actually had an internal bug bash for PS Resource Get. And I kept telling the team, I'm like, this is going to be the most fun bug bash of your life. Like, you've never had so much fun. And then at the end of it, people were like, this was the most fun bug bash of my life. And so my manager was like, Sydney, you have to bring this to the community. Like, no one's ever had this much fun out of bug bash. And so I was like, okay, say less. Like, I'll do it. Um, and so anyways, the bug bash is planned. Let me just pull up my calendar to make sure I get this date right. We are planning it for Thursday, July 27th. Um, check out my Twitter, Sydney Smith Real, to get the link, all the information for that. I'll be sure to post it there. We'll probably post it on GitHub as well to make sure everyone can get the information for it. But I will definitely be tweeting about it. And we really look forward to um, having everyone join. It should be a really fun, just like community event. And um, yeah, should be a good time. Cool. Yeah, we'll plug it on the podcast the next couple of weeks before leading Perfect. up to the 27th. Super fun. So I'm curious, was this the most fun, the one that you hosted because of things you implemented or is it just your pure belief and positive thinking made it that way anyway? Um. So I think part of it was just that I was just like, you're going to have fun. Like we were just vibing. We also did like a style where we kind of like paired people together and then put them in breakout rooms. And I think that contributed to the funness of it. And it was kind of open-ended. So I think people were just trying out scenarios together and hanging out. So I think that made it fun as well. The social element. Instead of people just off on their own, trying things and then getting stuck on step two and then kind of just zoning out. Nice. Yeah. I, I like that. I get distracted a lot and having like someone working with me keeps me like super yeah. engaged me and on too. topic. I've and... been in so many bug bashes and then I get like stuck on the installation stuff and then they're like on step 10 and I'm like, all right, I give up. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, are you on the PowerShell discord at all? I am going to be honest. I am, do not frequent the PowerShell discord. It's I hear about it from busy. time to time um, yeah. from teammates. Um, but it's not one of the sites that I frequent very often. Right. You're primarily a Twitter or Twitter, GitHub. Mm. Trying to think what else. I feel like there's other things I'm on, but I can't think of anything at the moment, so that must be it. <laughs> hey, we can shout out the TikTok. We can shout out the TikTok. TikTok, yeah. Catch me on TikTok. <laughs> I saw there were some cool videos on there about the life. I try. I'm trying. I'm trying to make it a thing. I honestly haven't been posting all that much, but I'm, I want to post more. So Me I have too. a lot of ideas for videos. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. If I, if I ever gain the courage to actually start doing it regularly, I'll make sure to engage and uh, send some people your way. It's a lot of fun. I love making videos. So <laughs> uh, it does look fun. It does look fun. Yeah. Jordan, what about you? Are you going to hop on the TikTok, make some short videos? Oh wait, you're already making short videos all the time. Yeah. I, I show up where I'm told and do what I'm told. And then it shows up on the internet. <laughs> yep, I feel that. So they've, they've really been leaning into my social awkwardness in the recent shorts, where it's uh, the extreme lengths I go to to avoid social interaction. I've, there's several videos of that for me, so that's nice. Oh, funny. So what are some of the big features that aren't currently available in PS Resource Get that you're most looking forward to? features that I'm most looking forward to that aren't currently available. Um, we have some more stuff coming out around private repositories that I can't 
quite yet announced just because of some partnerships that are involved, not on our end. Mm-hmm. But I think that's going to be really, really exciting. So I, I'm super excited about that. Um, hopefully I'll be able to talk more about that very soon. Um, but from our end, like enabling more private repository scenarios, I think is really a big one. We already have a lot available in this release, but continuing to enable that is something that I'm super excited about. Um, I think local caching um, to have a better, like faster update experiences and faster find experiences would be really cool feature that I'm looking forward to. And just like more performance improvements in general, I know performance isn't like the most flashy thing, but if you've ever like installed AZ a bunch of times, or if you ever have to install AZ on machines, like, Oh my God, performance improvements are huge. Uh, so those are, with, yeah. <laughs> question on PS resource get. So if yeah. I have a private repository on initial mm-hmm. release, I cannot use PS resource get with my internal uh, repository. No, you definitely can. I, I mean, I guess what is your private repository? Um, let's say file share. Yeah, you absolutely can. So we support today in PS resource get, let's see, we support um, file shares. We support Azure DevOps private and public feeds. We support Artifactory. We support MyGet. We support NuGet server. Uh, I might be forgetting a few others. But we, we, we have a matrix um, in our docs of all the repositories we support. I guess what I'm talking about is we have some new, like, other partnerships with right. other types of private feeds. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Cool. Um, because I think it's a pretty good practice to have some kind of private repository if you're taking dependencies on modules for, like, your workloads or whatever. I think that generally you should have some kind of internal thing. Yeah. I guess, like, what I would say, too, is, like, I think the PowerShell gallery, amazing, love it, great. Two things I just like love to remind people of. One is I cannot guarantee to you the security of any package on it. And so if you are in an organization where security is really important to you, I would really recommend having a private repository so that you can vet the security of the modules that you want in your organization. That's just, I, you don't have to use it. That's just one, one thing I would mention. The other thing I would mention too is like having that as a backup too, right? Like if you want to download r- modules from the gallery, cool, awesome, great, love it. If you know you're always going to need this module, having it in a backup location is really great. The gallery has really, really good uptime. Really good uptime. We don't go down very often. It also doesn't have any SLAs, which means I cannot guarantee to you that it will be available. Yeah, I think and, it was a, a deal that started a project on his own where he was rehosting most of the gallery just in yeah. case there was an outage. So Right, which is great. And it's like I if there there is an outage, I am so sorry about that. like I will I we invest a lot in making sure there aren't outages. But at the same time like I cannot guarantee to you that there will not be an outage. And so I just always recommend to folks if you you're it's critical to your project that you have a module available to you, I really recommend that you set up some sort of backup for yourself. Okay, I have a very deep question here. Yes. If you could be any PowerShell commandlet, what would you be? <laughs> oh, commandlet. Oh, interesting. Um, oh gosh. What a weird question. Uh, I'm trying to think of an answer for myself. I'm like, um, I have no idea where this came from. For some reason, like the only commandlet that I can think of at the moment is get date, but like that doesn't make sense as an answer. 
Um, but that's like my go-to commandment. If I like can't think of anything to run and I'm like, I need to run something. I always run get date, but, um, um, that's, that works. That works. I, I, this isn't a commandment, but I love PS style. Mm. Um, not a commandment, but something related to PS style. <laughs> PS style is pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, you know what version that got added? I think seven, two. I'm okay. pretty sure seven two. Yeah. Nice. And it's a variable that you can use to customize your styling, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. A lot of cool. I, I, what I liked about PowerShell is like, yeah, I got started, ran some commands and stuff. And then I'm like, yo, there's all these variables and there's environmental variables you can refer to. And, oh, there's a profile. Oh, what is this? You know, there's a lot of kind of cool stuff to explore as you mm-hmm. keep going. Definitely. Jordan, you ready for the tough stuff? The, the common parameters? I don't know if I can top if you were a command what you'd be, but I'll give it a, <laughs> I'll give it a shot. All right. So I'm I'm sorry, Sydney. This is the part that all of our guests dread. It's the three most difficult questions you okay. have to answer. Yeah. All right. The first one. What's one time you, something went wrong at the job, and what did you learn from it? This is a good one. This is a good one. I was trying to think of something. Um, the first thing that came to mind for some reason was actually when I was working on secret management. Um, if folks are, are familiar with that module. And the first time we released a preview of secret management, we had a really different design than we ended up shipping in the end. So if folks are familiar with the module, when we first, the first original idea for secret management was that um, the vault was actually, we weren't going to have this like extensible vault model that we ended up landing with. It was actually like the vault was, was the module essentially. So like, Credman was actually the underlying vault. And then we were going to have like a different vault on like Linux and Mac. Mac has like a built-in vault as well, but like we were going to have a different vault on Linux. Um, and so like the first preview that shipped was Windows only and it was built on Credman. And that was like secret management. So it was like very different design. And that was the original design of secret management. And we shipped it, the first preview. And when that was my original design for the module, I wrote the spec, all that. Um, and once we released it and got feedback from the community and started like working on the Linux implementation, it pretty quickly became clear that this was a whole, like not, I was gonna say a horrible design. It's not necessarily a horrible design. It just wasn't the right design, right? For the solution we were, we were going for, the problem that we were trying to solve. And so I think that was just a really, I was really early in career, was really one of my first projects. And I think that was a really good learning experience for me in terms of like, taking the time to be like, oh, this isn't right. We're still in preview. Let's take the time. Let's go back to the drawing board and take the time to actually get, get it right. Um, and so I think that's just like something that really was a formative experience for me that comes to mind in terms of like going back to the customer, going back to the problem and trying to get it right. Nice. I love that module. And I oh, guess <laughs> framework. Yeah, Andrew has a, a blog on uh, about how to use that with scripts that you run on your machine that's fantastic it's oh, it is cool. it is it is well used around here it's yeah, yeah, right. Right. <laughs> but it's a really cool project i like the approach with like uh where you can have different vaults and stuff like that mm-hmm. um it seems like that would be pretty challenging to do using the initial method you kind of yeah. listed where everything's its own kind of implementation or whatever but, mm-hmm. all right jordan she passed number one all right it only gets more difficult though 
All right. With everything you know now, what's one tip you would give your younger self when you're first starting in IT? Um, just to like be, just like approach everything with curiosity, you know, and just like so much humility. Um, I don't think I like came in with a different approach than that. Like, I think that's kind of the approach I've taken, but at the same time, I think just a reminder of that. And just, I think that's been so important just to learn from everyone around me. Um, just absorb everything that everyone's willing to teach me has been so impactful for me. And so I would just remind myself that like, it's all good. Like you're okay. Like you're not trying to prove anything to anyone. Um, I think it can be like kind of as kind of to come full circle and where we started the conversation. I think it could be really scary and really intimidating to come. I don't want this to come off in the wrong way, but like to come in to the position that you're kind of like placed in where it's like, coming in as a decision maker but without any of the context right um in some ways and so like just to like learn from everyone and take in all the information you can yeah did you expect to have like because it is kind of like a public facing position sort of like you have to speak publicly about certain decisions and things like that did you expect that for your career or was that like an adjustment i definitely did not expect that yeah and i don't think that that's also like the case for most PMs at Microsoft or like maybe it is for some, but I think that's not necessarily like the case for everyone. Mm, but gotcha. I, yeah, I could be wrong on that, but I, I think talking to my peers, it's definitely not the case for everyone. <laughs> yeah. All right. Two down. Now it's time for the most difficult. This is the one go. where most people actually just drop off. <laughs> what are your three favorite modules? Your own okay. modules are acceptable. They are acceptable. I feel like yeah. that's a bad answer. Okay. Well, the first one is sort of my, one of our own modules, but I'll plug it anyways, just because I've been loving the work that Steven and Dongbo have been doing, which is PS Readline. Like I've become so accustomed to using predictors. If anyone has like watched the, um, PS Confu state of the shell, I like opened a sh shell that didn't have predictors turned on. And I, I froze, like I didn't know how to type anymore. Um, I'm like predictors, like they're so great. Um, so shout out, if you haven't tried out predictors with PS Readline, turn them on. They're amazing. I mostly just use, honestly, the history predictor and that. So good. So good. Um, amazing. Yeah. So life changer for sure. That's definitely, that's definitely number one. Um, what other modules have I just been using all the time? Um, I mean, screw it. I'll give a shout out to PS Resource Guy. We've been talking about it all day. Get it's it. my, it's my baby. Um, but <laughs> give a shout out. Why not? For sure. Um, and then number three, one other module that is, it's it's just like in preview. It's very new, but I've seen. Um, kind of come out recently is the Winget module and I haven't gotten a chance to like try it out very much I know it's like very early stages very early in development but I would just say like if folks haven't gotten a chance to connect with Demetrius who's the PM on that um he's just like been very receptive to the PowerShell community and like really wants feedback on getting that experience right so I would just shout that module out not necessarily because it's like integrate like 
ready to go state, but just in a, because it's like Demetrius is so willing to get feedback on it and get it right and work with the community on it. So, yeah. So um, he, he's talking at Summit. Uh, he got some feedback from the PowerShell community about how the behavior that was currently there was outside of PowerShell behavior. And, mm-hmm. and he took that on the fly and was at first it was an outright rejection because he didn't think it sounded right. But mm-hmm. as more of the community stepped in, he was very receptive. So I was, I was impressed with, with just his ability just to take it uh, input and ho- hopefully it's uh, we, we get to see the finished product because it looks good for being new. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I really appreciate his approach. And just in general, I appreciate, like you mentioned, the curiosity thing. I just would like it to see more and more people kind of have that approach to things. I think it'll mm-hmm. just be more efficient. Definitely. All right. Well, Sydney, I don't know if you're aware of this, but you were actually in the presence of a celebrity. Uh, Andrew is the world's foremost authority on shilling a product. Oh. In, in, in fact, we, we tried to make that open source, but there was no bugs or issues found. It was just perfect. It is. It remains the only time in the history of the internet that everyone agreed, that, and it's that Andrew is awesome at shilling. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But now you get a front row seat to watch a master of his craft just spin art. All right, take it away, Andrew. Yeah, I can't uh, disappoint after that intro. Hello, friends. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Sydney for joining us on another awesome weekly episode of the PowerShell Podcast. Like, comment, subscribe. Give us a five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice, especially Apple Podcasts. We love it there. Um, You can email us your questions, your concerns, your deepest thoughts, PowerShell at pdq.com. Jordan and I get that email. We love hearing from you. Uh, I'm at Andrew Plotek. I'm on Twitter. You can find me, Andrew Plot, on LinkedIn. He's DevOps Jordan. Sydney, where can we find you? I know you mentioned it, but let's just add it again and maybe give us the TikTok so we can check it out there as well. Yeah, both on Twitter and on TikTok, I am Sydney Smith Real. Awesome. And that's R E A L, not R E E L, like an Instagram Reel. Okay. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us and thank you everybody out there for listening. Another amazing episode of the PowerShell Podcast, if I do say so myself. Thanks for listening to the PowerShell Podcast with your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plaw. He's a troublemaker. He's a rabble rouser. The PowerShell Podcast is a production of PDQ.com, making device management simple, secure, and pretty damn quick.